God is at work through His local church and through the teaching of His Word. This morning on MyBridge Radio, we are pleased to share a favorite message from Relevant Community Church. Here's Pastor Ronnie Rothy from Relevant. We all know what gossip is. Gossip is essentially speaking negatively about someone to someone when that someone is not present. And gossip comes in many different forms, comes in many different flavors. Gossip is when a person speaks rumors or lies about someone. Gossip is when a person reveals embarrassing details about someone. Gossip is when a person breaks someone's trust by sharing confidential information about them, whether they intend to hurt them or not. Gossip is when a person speaks judgmental words about someone who is not present. Gossip is when a person passes on juicy news about someone. Ooh, did you hear about Bob? Did you hear, did you hear about his marriage? Did you hear about their kids? And us real spiritual people, we package this in prayer requests. We need to pray for Bob. You didn't, oh, you didn't hear about Bob's marriage and his kids? We, they need prayer. Gossip is when a person plants a negative seed in someone's mind about someone else. Gossip is when a person talks about a problem they have with someone, with someone else who's neither directly part of the problem or the solution. Gossip is when a person listens to someone else gossip, even if they don't say a word. Now, help me out here, just because I want to just take a poll. Raise your hand if you have ever been gossiped about by someone else. Raise your hands. Anyone ever, anyone ever got? Okay. Now, quick, keep, keep your hands up. It's pretty much all of us. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up if it has ever produced anything positive in you or the relationship. Okay. Just check it. Now, at this point in time, you're going, I wish they were here. That person that you know gossiped about, you're like, I wish they were here. Like, you're going, I wish they were here, and I'm going to send them this later. I'm going to definitely send them the link to this message. Okay, I totally get that. We all wish they were here to listen, but you're going to help me out one more time. Raise your hand if you have ever, if you have ever gossiped about someone else. Raise your hand. For everyone's hand who isn't up, next week I'll be speaking on lying. You might want to be here for that. Okay, keep your hands up. You've ever gossiped about someone else, keep your hands up. That's good. It's pretty much all of us. Yeah. Now, Keep your hands up if that's ever produced anything positive in you, them, or the relationship. Oh, really? Oh, your gossip has? Liar. Next week I'm pe- preaching on hell, too. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> now, this ain't about them. Come on. This ain't about them and their gossip. This is about me. This is about you. We are all guilty of gossip. We're all guilty of it. Probably in the last week. I know I am. And I knew I was preaching on it. We're all guilty of gossip even though we hate when people gossip about us. We're all guilty of gossip even though we know it never helps anything or anyone. And not only does it never help anything or anyone, it actually, what it causes is absolute destruction to everything and everyone. We all know what a grenade does. Every single one of us knows what a grenade does. When a grenade is thrown, a pin is pulled, a grenade is thrown, whoever it goes off next to, whatever it goes off next to, it causes destruction to everything and everyone about it. This is exactly what gossip does. This gossip grenade, this gossip grenade destroys you. Gossip, it's, it's like dropping a grenade just right on yourself. It destroys your integrity. It destroys your trustworthiness. It destroys your character. The gossip grenade destroys the person being gossiped about. Even if what is said about them is untrue, gossip's like, oh God, it's like just throwing a grenade right over at them. It destroys their, it, 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 it destroys their reputation, their character, how they are perceived. Gossip destroys, the gossip grenade destroys the person being gossiped to. When you gossip to someone, 
When you gossip to someone about someone else, you might as well just drop a grenade right at that person's feet because it destroys their integrity, their trustworthiness, their character, even if they don't say a word because they become guilty of of gossip by association with you. Furthermore, gossip, it, it plants negative ideas and thoughts into their mind about the person being gossiped about that can, that can cause anger and bitterness and resentment to enter into their heart, all of which is a destructive poison to them. And you know this, the gossip grenade, gossip grenade destroys the relationship. When we gossip, we might as well drop a grenade on the relationship. It disconnects us from experiencing true relational connection with someone because gossip is a violation against someone, a violation that causes hurts, distrust, anger, bitterness, resentment, discord, division. Gossip is like a destructive grenade, but we already know this because all of us have experienced this. We don't need a sermon. We don't need a sermon to tell us what gossip is and how destructive it is or what we should do about it because we already know and we already know the solution is to just stop gossiping. If, if we ever hope to experience true relational connection with anyone, we already know we and everyone else must stop gossiping and must stop listening to any gossip. Listen, stop, stopping gossiping doesn't require us. It doesn't require counseling. It doesn't require a sermon. It doesn't require knowledge. It doesn't require inspiration. It requires that we make the choice to. So today, make the choice to. Make the choice today to stop dropping the gossip grenade because it does nothing but destroy you, destroy the person being gossiped about, destroy the person you're gossiping to, destroy the relationship. Make the choice today to stop gossiping for any reason so that you can actually be someone that other people want to and can have true relational connection with. Every single one of us want others to choose to do this today. Every single one of us. Every single one of us would go, I want you and you and you and you and you and everyone else to stop gossiping. And I believe most of us truly do want to stop as well. And as much as we want to choose to do that, there will come a time where we'll all throw all reasoning and all conviction right out the window to justify our gossiping. And that time is when someone hurts us. And so what I want to do for the rest of our time today is I want to focus in on one specific type of gossip. That is speaking negatively about someone who hurts you to someone who is neither directly part of the problem nor who should be part of the solution. Make no mistake, this is gossip. Gossip we're all guilty of. This type of gossip is hard to just stop because we're hurt, and so we justify it in our own minds. This type of gossip, I don't think, can be stopped by sheer willpower. This type of gossip has to be overcome, and we need and we, mu- we need to overcome and we must overcome it because of the implications of doing so reach far beyond you, reach far beyond them, and reach far beyond the relationship, at least according to Jesus. The New Testament book of Matthew is actually one of the four Gospels in our Bibles, which is the first four books of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, which all record the events of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Well, Matthew, which one of those four is, was actually written by Matthew, who is one of Jesus' 12 apostles. 
In Matthew 18, Jesus gathered his followers together to instruct them on some characteristics that should characterize how his followers should love and relate to one another both now and in the future. In the midst of his teaching, Jesus said this. He said, if your brother or sister, referring to other followers of Christ, remember, Jesus is addressing his followers, the, the people who have put their faith in him, which basically means this. If you would not call yourself a follower of Christ, not identify that way, you'd say, I've not asked Jesus to be the forgiver of my sins, and I have for surely not asked him to be the leader of my life and want to follow him as my Lord. You don't have to apply anything that Jesus said here. But you don't have to be a follower of Christ in order to apply what Jesus said here. And I think you should apply what Jesus said here, even if you don't believe the rest of the Bible is real, because it will do nothing but help your relationship. So Jesus says, if your brother or sister sins, and by the way, the NIV, which I'm reading, the English translation that I'm reading out of this morning, New International Version, doesn't include the next two words against you that other English translations do. And the reason the NIV doesn't is because it's assumed within the context. So she's saying, if your brother or sister sins against you, which means wrongs you, offends you, hurts you, violates you, real quick, before I go on, you need to know, Jesus is not talking about when someone is physically or sexually abusing you. So everything he says next, do not apply to those situations. That's a category of sin against you that's all its own, that should be handled very differently because that person is not safe to be in your life. If your brother or sister sins against you, now, we already know what Jesus isn't going to say next. What Jesus, we already know what Jesus is not going to say next is if and when another follower of Christ sins against you, go talk about him to someone else. And we know he isn't going to say that because that is gossip and it's like dropping a grenade on you, on them, on the relationship. Jesus would go, that's how the rest of the world can react. That's how the rest of the world naturally acts. But as my followers, not so with you. As one of my followers, as someone who's put their faith in me, asking me to be the forgiver of their sins and the leader of their life and has accepted my sacrificial and undeserving love and forgiveness and grace and mercy and salvation, here's how I want you to respond. If your brother or sister sins against you, go and point out their fault, their sin, their offense, their wrongdoing, their hurt, their violation against you, just between the two of you. If they listen to you, if they listen, here's the end goal, you have won them over. According to Jesus, sinning against one another is a really big deal to God. Sinning against one another is a really big deal to God. And the reason we know it's a big deal to him because one time when Jesus was asked, what's the most important thing to God? He narrowed it down to two things. He said, love God with everything and love your neighbor as yourself. And by saying that, he was saying those two things are interconnected. He was saying the vertical relationship and the horizontal relationship, they're interconnected. And how you love God will impact how you love other people and how you love other people will impact how you love God. And you can't do this one without this one. And this one and this one, they impact each other. So a sinning against one another is a really big deal to God and a really big deal in our relationship with God. Here's the reality. You will sin against others and others will sin against you. You will sin against others and others will sin against you. We don't get to choose that. It will happen because we're all broken people. It will happen because as followers of Christ, we're not perfect people. We're just forgiven by the grace of God people. So we don't get to choose if we sin against others or sin against us. It's going to happen. What we do get to choose is to talk about them or to talk to them about it. That's what we get to choose. We get to choose to talk negatively about them to someone who's neither part of the problem nor who should be part of the solution or talk directly to the person who hurt us. Now, with those two choices in front of us, Jesus looked at his followers then and he looks at his followers now. He looks at us and he says, if and when someone sins against you, talk to them instead of about them. And for some reason, we have a hard time with this. 
And I don't know if it's because of my job or what it is, but I can't tell you how many people come up to me, and even our paid staff, I can't, the amount of people that come up to me and say, um, hey, uh, can I, I need to talk to you, and they start telling me about this person who has hurt them, and they feel violated and offended by, and they're so surprised that anyone would ever hurt anybody. And I ask them every time, have you talked to the person? And most times they will go, no, I have not. And my next thing in my mouth is say, well, then you need to go talk to that person. And I am blown away, blown away by how many people are unwilling to do that. And so, by the way, the next phrase out of my mouth is always, then why are you telling me? Then why are you telling me? I am not part of the problem, nor should I at this point help to be part of the solution. You need to go talk to them. Talk to them instead of about them because talking about them is gossip. And that grenade, that grenade destroys you and me. When someone hurts us, guys, it can cause anger, bitterness, and resentment in our hearts. And you can't be emotionally and mentally healthy with that destructive poison in your heart. And really, I know some of you are like, I'd love to go talk to him, but I have so much anger, so much resentment. You got to get that poison out of your heart now. And maybe you got to get out of your heart now in order to go talk to them because you do need to go talk to them. I, I was recently, someone recently told me because they were concerned about their friend from Relevant. They, they said, hey, they came up to me and told me, this person, my friend from Relevant, I, I need you to know that they're so hurt. They're hurt by a ministry leader. They got so hurt by a ministry leader that they're quitting serving. They said they'll never serve again because the ministry leaders, they don't care about them. And I said, have the person talked to the ministry leader? They go, no, they haven't talked to them. I said, well, does the ministry leader know that, they're, that this person feels hurt? And they go, no, I don't think the ministry leader knows anything going on. And my next question was, why are you telling me? Why are you telling me about this? And they said this to me, so that you can go do something about it. You're the pastor. I said, well, here's, I'll give you the best pastorly advice I can. You ready for it? This is exactly how the conversation went. I said, here as your pastor is what I'll tell you to do. Go tell them to stop talking to you and to tell them to then go, for them to go talk to the ministry leader. Because if they don't go talk to the ministry, that ministry leader will not know that they hurt them, can't know that they hurt them, and can't do anything about it. That's how this gets solved. And if they won't go talk to them, then it's on them. Talk to them instead of about them because it's the only way the person who sinned against you can do anything about it, can do what Jesus would have us do when we sin against one another, which is listen and seek forgiveness and redemption and reconciliation. And when that happens, we have in Jesus' words, won them over. And only when we have won each other over can the relationship be mended and healed. Only when we have won each other over can we experience true relational connection with one another when we sin against one another. But the only chance of that ever happening is by talking to them instead of about them. And I know some of you are going, well, what happens if I do this and it doesn't work? If they don't listen, if they just defend themselves, if they don't ask for forgiveness, if they try to justify their actions, if they dismiss me, if they keep hurting me in the exact same way. And unfortunately, this happens, it has happened, and it will happen to you and to me. It's why Jesus said what he did next. But if they refuse to listen, it's as if Jesus is going, I would love to tell you that talking to them will always work out, but you're dealing with broken people here. You're broken, they're broken, everyone's broken. If they will not listen, Jesus said, if they won't own it and seek forgiveness, don't start talking about them now. Don't start gossiping and justify all, justifying all the reason why that's okay now. Instead, here's your next step. If they will not listen, take one or two others along. 
so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. It's Jesus going, hey, if after talking to them, they don't own their sin against you, they don't seek reconciliation, go talk to one or two others. Not, not to gossip about them, but to share the facts of how they sin against you and their response to you when you actually went and talked to them before. And this should not just be anyone. It should be people who are trustworthy, people who are wise, people who are respected, people who can actually be part of the solution by being willing to go back with you to talk to the person again. People who can mediate with wisdom and speak unbiased truth into you and into them in the fullness of grace as well. People who can facilitate forgiveness, reconciliation, and redemption between the two of you. And verse 17, if they still refuse to listen... If they still refuse to own it and seek forgiveness, Jesus adds another next step. And this next step is one of the reasons why, as followers of Christ, it's so important we just don't show up on Sundays, but that we're fully engaged in a local church, in a smaller community within the larger community. We call those small groups. What he says next is why it's so important we are engaged in a smaller community within a larger community. If they still refuse to listen, Jesus says, tell it to the church, referring to the spiritual leaders of the church the elders, the pastors, in some cases, the ministry leaders and small group leaders. Once again, not to gossip about the person, but to share the facts about how they sinned against you and their response from when you and the others went and talked to them together so that you and they and you can go talk to them one final time so that they have another opportunity to own their sin and seek forgiveness. You guys, the point Jesus is trying to make is very clear. Very, very clear. He's saying for your sake, for their sake, for the relationship's sake, and for the church's sake, keep talking to them instead of about them over and over and over again. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, this is Jesus going, hey, after all that, if they still refuse to own it, if they still refuse to seek reconciliation, Jesus adds one final step. Treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector, which basically means church discipline is needed. And in the worst case scenario would be removal from the church body. And I've had to do this before, and it's not fun for anyone. This statement from Jesus, it seems so extreme to some people at first glance, but it doesn't seem extreme once we fully grasp how damaging unresolved sin against one another is. Not only to ourselves, not only to them, not only to our relationships, but to the health of the church body. The writers of the New Testament refer to the church as the body of Christ. And Jesus gave one new command to his church. One new command. He said to love one another just as I first loved you. It was the one new command that he gave his church which basically means the same love, same forgiveness, same mercy, same grace, same salvation, same reconciliation, same redemption, same sacrifice that Jesus showed us is supposed to characterize our relationships with one another. And the doing this, doing this is how we come to know and experience Jesus' love more. And doing this is how a watching world takes notice that our God is real. It's why after Jesus said, my new command is that you love one another just as I first loved you. And by that one thing, by that one thing, not by your prayers, not by your songs, not by showing up on Sunday morning, not by how many Bible verses you have memorized, by this one thing, loving one another just as I first loved you, that is how the world will know that you are one 
of my disciples. We will sin against one another. We love one another just as Jesus first loved us by doing everything we can to reconcile the relationship with one another when we do by seeking and giving the same forgiveness, the same love, the same grace, the same mercy to one another that Jesus first gave us. Unresolved sin against one person in the body affects the whole body and it causes division, destruction, disunity, and death in the body in us. And Jesus ain't okay with that. When someone sins against us, we're hurt, we're angry, we're offended. Jesus instructs his followers to talk to them instead of about them over and over and over again. And he does so because it's, only, it, it's the only way to not disconnect from one another when we hurt one another. If Jesus stopped there, that would have been enough for us to chew on. But Jesus wasn't done. He goes on and says this. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Woo! Now, some of what Jesus was saying is so profound and it's so deep, it's like impossible for us to fully comprehend it. But one big idea is very clear from what Jesus is saying right here. And that is what we do relationally with one another has divine implications. And why does it have divine implications? Because of what I said before. The vertical and the horizontal, those are, those are interconnected. If you just do this and you don't think this affects this or this affects this, 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 is, this alone, this is called religion, by the way. This is dead. This is not anything God. If it's all just you and God and without this, it's religion. It's baloney. It's not biblical. How we treat one another, how we love one another, how we talk to one another, how we respond to one another, how we talk about to one another, how we talk to one another, how we reconcile with one another, how we forgive one another or don't forgive one another, not only has positive and negative relational implications today, but also has positive and negative divine implications today. That should greatly affect not only how serious we should be about not sinning against one another, but also about how committed we should be to talk to instead of about one another when we actually do. And as if that wasn't enough, Jesus closes with one more statement, one used out of context most of the time. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Now, here's how this verse is normally used and normally quoted. Oh, when we get together on Sunday mornings and, you know, we go to Bible study and we get in our small groups and we go to our prayer meetings, you know, and we're singing and we're praying and we're Bible studying and then that's where together and God is with us when we do that. And all that's true, but that is not the context in which Jesus said this phrase at all. Jesus said this in the context of how we respond to one another when we sin against one another. It's as if Jesus is saying, you want to experience my presence with all y'all? You want to experience true relational connection with one another? You want to experience the life and hope and peace and joy and fulfillment that can only come from me being with all y'all? Well, what you do when you sin against one another <laughs> impacts all of that. When someone sins against you, hurts you, offends you, violates you, it's a really big deal to God. They need to humble themselves and own it and seek forgiveness and reconciliation. However, in this passage, Jesus wasn't addressing the person 
who sinned against someone else and what they need to do. He was addressing us when we're the ones who have been sinned against and what we need to do. Jesus knew our natural inclination was to talk about them, was to gossip. He also knew how destructive that grenade is to you, to them, your relationship with them, and to his church. You guys, never once, not ever once, not one time in our lives have we ever thought it's okay when someone gossips about us. Never once have you been like, that's, that's okay. I'm glad they did that. Glad they, glad they gossiped about me. Never once has it happened in all of humanity. But we're all so quick to do it when someone hurts us. And then justify why it's okay for us to do it. And somehow justify how that's helpful at all. But you know, it's never helpful. As a matter of fact, it's a sin against them. And this sin may be more hurtful, harmful, and damaging than their original sin against us. And it may have even more devastating relational and divine implications because this one, well, this one's a grenade. When we sin against others by gossiping about them, we can't be okay with God because we're hurting them, one of his children. And you don't think you can be okay with Father God when you're hurting one of Father God's children, do you? (laughs) Come on. You don't think you're okay with me if you're hurting one of my kids, do you? you? We ain't okay if you're hurting one of my kids. And somehow we think we can be okay with Father God when we're hurting one of his children. That's not how that works. When we sin against others by gossiping about them, we become responsible for the damage it causes us, the damage it causes them, the damage it causes our relationship with them, the damage it causes the church. And here's what else. This is so important to know. If you've heard nothing else I say, hear this. What we say about others when they aren't present says more about us than it does about them every single time. Gossiping says something about your character, your trust, and your integrity. Gossiping says something about your self-esteem and your need to tear others down in order to build yourself up. Gossiping says something about how much you love them and value their relationship. Gossiping says something about the transforming work that Jesus needs and wants to do in you much more than it says about them because Jesus on more than, than one occasion says, out of the mouth, the what? Heart speaks. We've all been hurt by others. We all will hurt others. We all will be hurt by others. In those moments, our natural inclination is to gossip about them. Jesus looks at those of us who've accepted his love, who've accepted his grace, when we put our faith in him by asking him to be the forgiver of our sins and leader of our life, and he says, talk to them instead of about them. As I said earlier, I don't think gossip can be overcome by sheer willpower, especially this type of gossip. I think it has to be overcome. And overcoming this type of gossip, it isn't easy. As a matter of fact, it's very hard. I certainly haven't completely overcome it and mastered it. But I do want to end with just quickly with these two practices that have helped me and helped others, and I believe will help you overcoming too. And here's the first one. Confess it. Confess it. Next time, and unfortunately, there will be a next time, probably within the next 24 hours. Next time you catch yourself gossiping, immediately stop. And confess it to the person you're gossiping to. Call it what it is. Say, I, oop, I was just gossiping. Please forgive me. And then, this is hard, go to the, confess to the person you were gossiping about. Say, I just want to let you know I was gossiping about you, and I want to ask for your forgiveness. Whew. Will they be hurt? Yes. Will it hurt the relationship? Maybe. Will it be less damaging to the relationship than if they found out that you gossiped about them by someone else? Absolutely. <laughs> Doing this will help you overcome gossip, Because it's so uncomfortable, and it is so humbling, which is why it's so darn transforming. And here's the second practice. Shut it down. Next time, and unfortunately, there is going to be a next time. Next time someone is gossiping to you 
about someone else, shut it down immediately. Tell them they're gossiping. Tell them you don't want to hear it. Tell them to stop. And if they keep doing it, remove yourself from the situation and tell them why you're moving yourself from the situation. Will they look at you funny? Yes. Will that person gossip about you later? More than likely because they're a gossiper. But will this, at that moment, stop the grenade from getting dropped on them and on you and on your relationship with the person who's being gossiped about? Absolutely. Listen, even if you don't say a word, if you don't shut it down when you are hearing gossip, you are just as guilty of that gossip as by association with the gossiper. Doing this, it will help you overcome gossip because you'll start becoming disgusted with having to shut it down all the time. It will also help them overcome gossip because if they're a follower of Christ, they put their faith in Jesus, they have God's spirit living inside of them, God's spirit will use this to convict their hearts. I want to say one final thing, and this is to the leaders. Leaders in the room, watching, leaders, church leaders, elders, pastors, ministry leaders, this starts with us. We've got to go first by confessing when we catch ourselves gossiping and then shutting down gossip when we hear it. We've got to shut it down by telling them what Jesus instructed us to do in Matthew 18. Saying, hey, if you haven't talked to them about this, I don't want to hear it. If you haven't talked to them about it, I don't want to hear it. And if you're telling me this for any other reason than for me to go with you to talk that, to them or to give you feedback on how to go talk to them, then I don't want to hear it. Now, here's a convicting question to close this out for all of us. Who have you been talking about that you need to go talk to? You know who it is. I guarantee that person just popped into your mind. Who have you been talking about that you need to go talk to? Whoever it is, go talk to them instead of about them. Go talk to them in the fullness of grace and truth. Go talk to them not not to try to be right, but to try to make the relationship right. Go talk to them, loving them, just as Jesus first loved you. This is how you stop dropping this destructive grenade on yourself and on them and on the relationship. This is how we prevent relationally disconnecting uh, from people when they hurt us and we hurt them. This is how you improve your current relationships, mend your hurting relationships, and maybe even heal some of your broken relationships. This is how you position yourself to be a person that other people actually can and want to have true relational connection with. Thank you for joining us this morning for a favorite message from Pastor Ronnie Rothy from Relevant Community Church. If you'd like to hear this message again or more like it, check out Heard On Air on the MyBridge Radio app or online at mybridgeradio.net.